3: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly, with Faker others and leading guests from the world of women's football.
1: Cuts back onto her right foot um. and finds the net! On
2: TalkSport TalkSport 2. Welcome
4: to Women's Football Weekly. I'm Faye Carruthers, Drama in Manchester, a Spurs-shocked City with a controversial late winner.
2: ...deliver the cross, hoisted it in, it's Horton! Oh, hit the post, and the goalkeeper, and has gone in! And incredibly, Tottenham have turned it around, but was there a hand in there?
4: Well, handy for us, we'll be speaking to Spurs assistant uh, boss Vicky Jepson, as well as getting Aston Villa defender Anita Asante's thoughts on refereeing standards in the league. Elsewhere in the WSL, Chelsea bounced back from their opening round defeat in style against Everton.
2: Right turn. Kerr, 3 0. Precision from Chelsea all over the field. Sam Kerr has her second.
4: We'll also hear from Serena Wiegmann Serena as she starts her new role as
5: England head coach. Just walking on the pitch, aware well, what kind of stadium I'm walking in and then we'll be the shirt that it's started now.
4: And we'll be wrapping up the rest of the weekend's WSL action, touching on Viviane Miedema's century of goals with Arsenal and England legend Kelly Smith. And looking ahead to England's World Cup qualifiers as well. This is Women's Football Weekly, national radio's only dedicated women's football show.
0: Women's Football Weekly with Faker others. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. Hello
4: team, how are we? It's another Monday that comes around quickly, doesn't it? Another brilliant weekend of women's football as well. 21 goals across six games this weekend. Delighted to say that Anita Asante, Aston Villa defender and former England Arsenal and Chelsea player is with me today. How are you doing, Anita? I'm very well, Faye. How are you? Very good. You had a very busy weekend, didn't you? Playing on Saturday, then part of the
6: BBC coverage on Sunday.
4: Now Women's Cover
6: Weekly on Monday. Exactly. You know, had to fill my time and it was worthy as well. I enjoyed it. Find out from
4: Craig David what you're doing for the rest of the week. Um, Right, the shock result (laughs) of the weekend came on Sunday night, live on Sky Sports. Let's take a look back at that dramatic FA Women's Super League clash with now.
2: Women's football weekly preview on Talksport Two with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just nine ninety nine. Search Now Sports. Eighteen plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. So Greenwood standing over the corner, plenty forward for Manchester City towards Lauren Hemp who meets it and guides it in with a clever header. Spurs just didn't react. And Manchester City in front with just six minutes on the clock from the well-worked set-piece. plenty forward, and Gordahl will cut it back. This is White! And a touch over the top from Rebecca Spencer. That's a brilliant save. In the game towards White, whose presence was a distraction and Becky's placed it over. It's another big chance for the Olympic champion. It's Graham, who's just come on, immediately into the action. Finds Ubugagu, who first substitute. With options arriving in white, in towards Graham. behind her is Williams. And completely against the balance of play, Tottenham Hotspur are back on terms. With the first WSL goal for the club for Rachel Williams. But these substitutes combined for Spurs brilliantly in the build-up here. Switches it up for Angela Addison in space to deliver the cross, hoisted in, hits Horton. Oh, hit the post and the goalkeeper and has gone in. And incredibly, Tottenham have turned it around. But was there a hand in there? I the substitute going up for that. That's what Manchester City are appealing for. It did appear to strike the arm, looking at that. But it wasn't spotted by the officials.
4: That was a look back at some of the weekend's Women's Super League action with NOW. Don't forget, with a NOW Sports membership, you can stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League as well as the Premier League and F1, all without a contract. You just need to search
2: NOW Sports. Women's football weekly preview on Talksport Two with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just nine ninety nine. Search Now Sports eighteen plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply.
4: So delighted to say that joining uh, myself and Aston Villa defender Anita Asante is Vicky Jepsen, um, Tottenham's first team assistant coach. To look back on that fantastic win at Spurs' first ever over Manchester City. God, I bet you're buzzing, Vicky.
1: Yes, I didn't sleep last night with the excitement. Um, it was a it was a good day for for the players, for the staff, and and certainly for the fans because it's tough going away from home, but especially when you're away from home against such an incredible set of players as Man City do have. So it was a remarkable a remarkable step forward for us as a club. Yeah,
4: it really feels like it. Um, that's exactly what you need right at the beginning of the season as well, just to inject some confidence, isn't it?
1: 100% I think momentum is key going into to any season and, and two wins on the bounce is, is puts us in a good place to continue that momentum definitely there's still lots we need to work on we know that and we'll reflect on that when we're back in the training ground but um, for us to go toe to toe and compete and come away with three points uh, last night is, is, is a great step forward for us
4: listen slightly fortuitous circumstances (laughs) though and you know the chuckle says it all doesn't it It, it, the handball was was clear for everybody to see from um rosanna and i think you know you'll even put your hands up with that frustrating from manchester city's point of view i want to just play you gareth taylor's uh, post-match interview before we go and dissect that have a listen to what he had to say
2: you can really see that it's it's blatant. I don't know how the referee doesn't see it, but certainly if there's got to be some official in the stadium who sees that incident, it just felt that a lot of things went against us tonight. Um, it's a tough one to take, but you know, we need to bounce back and we will do.
4: That was Gareth Taylor there. Uh, the, it was clear that the handball um, w- was missed uh, from Rosanna Iann. What what did you make of, of that whole circumstance, Vicky?
1: Well, I think in the moment, See, Gareth wasn't appealing in the moment so obviously he's watched the game after and it's easy to then say that in your interview the City technical area appealed for quite a lot but they didn't appeal in that moment when we scored and watching the game back there was only one player in the Man City squad that appealed for it which was George Stanway mm. so for me I saw the goal go in the back of the net, I didn't know it was a handball, I watched the game back afterwards and look it, it's hard for, we can blame the referee but she, she's only human it's hard to see in that moment Everybody back at home and yourselves will watch watched it on TV and it's very easy to see when it's zoomed in and you've mm. got the perfect view and you get to see replays after replays. So I think we can look at it two ways. I've been on the receiving end when decisions haven't gone my way plenty of times um, in the women's game. Yeah. So I think we, we, we were, we've earned our luck by staying in the game, but if that was the only one opportunity that we had in front of goal to win it, then I would say, blimmin' heck, we were bloody lucky. Yeah. But we actually had another opportunity where we could have won the game with Jess Nav through, through 1v1 against the goalkeeper, which we should have finished. Um, so for me, I honestly can sit here knowing that we did everything that we could stick into our game plan against a, an extremely outstanding team that Man City are. And we've come away with a well-earned three points. So I think it's credit to the hard work and the resilience that we showed, especially when you go... 1-0 down so early on, it could have deflated us. And, and I wasn't sure, we are a new group, which way we would have gone. And the way that Lauren Hemp was playing in that game, she was oh, so yeah. excited on the flanks. And as Mita Ale had a work cut out, we had to try and double out, double up in those areas to stop those balls coming in. But the game plan was making sure we had active pressure in certain areas and making sure that we were diligent in the times that we press. And I've obviously watched the game back and looked at our stats. And our stats say that we were extremely high on our regains when we pressed, and that's sticking to our game plan. So, you know, from us, we're really, really pleased. I know it's a controversial winning goal, but there were other opportunities that we could have won it. And I think on another day, you know, the first game of the season, Man City were flying with the amount of goals they got against Everton. Maybe we were just fortunate in the moment that they weren't as clinical as they can be, but we may have earned that by frustrating them by establishing so much control of the game without actually having the ball. So I think massive credit to everybody. I was wearing a Spurs shirt last night to come away with those three points.
4: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's one of those situations, isn't it, where everybody will always look at this and look at Rosella's handball and and say that's why you won. Absolutely. But actually, if you look at the ninety minutes, you know, you, you as you say, you had to break them down to do that. I think um, Anita has a, a question for you, actually, Vicky. Go, on, Vicky.
6: go for it. Um, yeah. How impressed were you with your team's game management? Obviously, Becky Spencer came up with a cracking save. Um, to keep you in the game you know for a long bout of the spell of the game when you were under pressure and and what lessons do you think the team would have learned from that experience you know despite the manner in which you won the game
1: i think do you know what it's just the the part that everybody played whether they were a starter finisher or a supporter becky spencer was a super cat once on the night let we can't move away from that <laughs> if she's not on form like she was it's a completely different game because i think the longer it was at 1-0, and the longer that City couldn't find the back of the net, the more frustrating they were getting, the more they were wasting chances. We've seen quite a lot go over the bar, but for Becky to keep switched on in its important moments, to, to deny them getting that second was so important, and I think, you know, we had an injury, Shalina had to come off the pitch, it was six minutes, added time, and, and you, you know, your nerves, you're riding, you look. Kez Harrop's got thrown onto the pitch to play centre-half when we're in a deep block, and And it's credit to her 150 appearance in the WSL. So we've got lots of little celebrations in our squad. Obviously, Rachel Williams finding the back of the net and it's been a while for her, but I think, Across the group, there's lots of little celebrations for us at Spurs that we can hold our heads high and be proud of that performance.
0: Yeah, the
4: second half substitutions made a big difference as well, didn't they? And it, it does feel as if this is a more coherent Spurs side this season. I know we bumped into each other at the at the Spurs training ground car park we the did. other week, we and did. we were we were chatting away about how you've settled in there and and what Rianne Skinner's trying to implement. But I'd love you to tell all our listeners the change that's going on at Tottenham and the evolution, if
0: you like?
1: Oh, listen, I wouldn't have gone to Spurs and, and left the, the lovely Northwest to go down South if it wasn't the right club with a good vision um, and a clear vision on how they were going to progress as a women's set-up. The investment that they've put in the backroom staff, um, the backroom staff has grown now, the team behind the team. Obviously, we've seen a massive change in, in the squad on the grass. And I think the priority is, is you've got to look at the grass and work backwards from that. Uh, We're currently in the the training ground, which is fantastic. And we've got developments going on there, which I'm sure in the next coming months will be announced to to everybody to to know what's going on at at Spurs. But um, it's a great feel to be at the club. And I think it's been a while since I felt valued at a club and I I really enjoy every moment um, wearing the Spurs badge.
4: That's brilliant to hear. I'm so pleased for you after everything that 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 you've gone through, and, and I'm pleased for women's football that actually, you know, we, we've talked in in not so kind terms about yeah. Tottenham in, in the past, and your former club Liverpool as well, obviously. But now, you know, shows like Women's Football Weekly, the Women's Football Show on the BBC, and now Sky coming into the mix as well, and of course the amazing work that that the uh, women's football writers uh, do, highlighting some of the issues in, in in the women's game is absolutely crucial because things then finally start to get done. And, uh, you know, people like you standing up for it and and everybody else involved in the game is vital. Vicky, so lovely to chat with you. Um, We will chat more in depth, I'm sure, across the season, but uh, good luck for the rest of the season.
1: Take care, you two. See you you later.
4: Vicky Jepson there, uh, assistant first team coach at Tottenham Hotspur. Anita, we need to go in in depth a little bit with with Man City. I mean, I suppose Chelsea in some ways were rubbing their hands uh, with glee after their opening day defeat. Um, But it's been a really bad week for Gareth Taylor's side. Their exit from the Champions League 2-1 to Real Madrid on aggregate. So they just haven't you know, reached the group stages, which would have been a big target of of theirs. You know, they got through to the quarterfinals last season, really disappointing. And the fourth year in a row losing to a Spanish side as well. What's going on there? Is it just the injuries that are the problem or is there something else?
6: Yeah, I think um it's been a tough start for them. Obviously having a lot of players away perhaps at the Olympics as well hasn't allowed them to to gel as well as they had hoped for. The injuries have not helped because you know, you have key players out, um, leaders in the team, such as Lucy Bronze, who who aren't available. Um, and that that injury list only appears to be growing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a tough start. But, you know, if you look at the context of the game against Tottenham, arguably, you know, they were the dominant side for large spells of the game. And they had a lot of chances and just weren't as ruthless uh, and clinical in front of goal to win the game. So... Is it a crisis in terms of their playing uh, ideology and the and the philosophy not working? No, I'm not so sure about that. But yeah, of course, it's a worry when you have so many players out, and you need that depth in your squad. And now their main focus will be trying to to win the WSL um, league. Now that they're out of the Champions League, mm,
4: it, I mean, refereeing is 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 a contentious topic anyway. We, we've talked about it a lot on this show but unfortunately that match you know city will put a lot of that down to you know a poor refereeing uh, mistake how the assistant referee didn't didn't spot that i don't know but you know i have spoken Um, to both the FA and the PGMOL uh, about standards in in the leagues. Of course, the PGMOL now looking after um, the WSL and Championship. Uh, This is the guidance that I've been given. Um, We really would like to speak to somebody from the PGMOL in particular uh, and also, you know, uh, from the FA. And and I think we will speak to to Bibiana, who's obviously uh, part of the PGMOL looking after women's football Eventually, um, but what they've said is both the PGMOL and the FA are fully committed to improving the standard of refereeing throughout the women's game and to ensure our officials receive the necessary training and support to conduct their job to the best of their ability. They do need a little bit more help, though, don't they, Anita?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I I think the difficulty is that the game has come a long way, um, the product on the pitch. It's is brilliant at the moment and it only continues to get better and better. Um, you're having more clubs, uh, full-time professional uh, environments and professional players. So, you know, we, we want officials to match that. And until I think the officials are also um, getting the support where they can be full-time and, and professional, um, I think it's always going to hold our game back a little bit because, you know, it's a tight league um, at the top and the bottom and these types of games and results really matter. Um, and you need those moments to, to, to you know, to go the right way um, because it, it can have a significant impact for not only those players, but the club. So with so much investment in, you know, for clubs these days as well, it, it's super important that they get those decisions right. So fundamentally, I think that's where the, na- the you know, the change or new you know implementation needs to needs to happen
4: yeah and the spotlight is on now we've got more cameras than ever at ground so things get picked up more we talk about it more because the uh, women's football is is across across the media um so i just want to play you um former premier league referee mark howsey uh, mark giving his thoughts on the incident uh, he was speaking to talk sports hawksby and jacobs earlier on today
1: I think an incident like that, I think the referee and the assistant will be very disappointed that they've not seen that. I mean, they're, they're, they've got, they're both in great positions to, to see that. And it's, it's obvious as soon as you see it, that it's mm. clearly handball. Um, you don't jump with your arms in the air no. in that, that, that situation. And of course, it was a clear handball and it, it should have been seen. And I'm, I'm sure that um, they'll be giving operational advice advice on that, on that situation.
4: Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, Former Premier League referee Mark Housie there speaking to TalkSport earlier on today. Um, We've also got some thoughts from... um uh, Arsenal legend Kelly Smith as well about refereeing in the WSL, which I'll play you um, at the top of the next uh, part of this show because interesting what she has to say. Of course, we've heard from Chelsea manager Emma Hayes before um, wanting to push for VAR in the league. But this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker others, Anita Asante of, uh, of Aston Villa is with me and coming up we're going to talk about her side versus West Ham and Chelsea Everton. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others and Aston Villa's Anita Asante is with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows... Or if you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app so you can download it today. Uh, Right, Um, I did promise you that we were going to hear from Arsenal legend Kelly Smith, didn't I? Um, I know we've talked about refereeing extensively over the the first three shows of this season, but it's pretty pertinent. And TalkSport's Bradley Hayden spoke to Kelly Smith earlier on today about the refereeing standards in the league and whether Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, is right to be pushing for VAR in the league.
0: I can see that she's trying to, you know, push boundaries and and have the best for the women's game. And certainly, I see it coming into the game in a few years potentially. It's very, it's a very expensive product to be bought in, and this is still a, a fairly new professional league. So I don't think right now that it's the time for that. Um, I think it's more about educating the players, uh, sorry, the referees, um, bringing the standards up of the referees. You know, the referees should not be part time in a professional league, in my opinion. We need professional referees and and better standard of refereeing. But you have to educate you. They have to learn. Um, and Kelly Simmons, the, the director of women's uh, the professional league, has brought in Bibiana, Bibiana Stanhouse. I can't say her name, but she's a top, uh, one of the top female referees in, in women's football. And she's actually refereed in the in the men's Bundesliga. And she's come in now across. She's going to oversee all the referees in the in the FAWSL and the championship and I think that's a good sign in because as I said before she is a brilliant referee the best referee that I've had a referee a game of of mine of mine and she's so knowledgeable she's good at what she does and I think she, her knowledge she, she can share that with the, the referees that was uh, Arsenal legend Kelly Smith there
4: finishing quite quite abruptly, but she had a very abrupt point. So I think that's fair enough. Um, an interesting one, Anita, isn't it? Because there is more investment that that needs to be made. They are making that progress, but it's perhaps not quite keeping up with the speed that the, that the WSL and Championship are going at at the moment.
6: Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more with Kelly. I think it's about where you direct that investment you know, and what is pertinent to the sport right now, and where it's at, and it is probably investing in the officials to raise their standards to match the quality of the product on the pitch. At the moment, of course, we want to have parity um, with the men's game in terms of new tech and, and those advancements coming into the game. But maybe that's not where, you know, that money and investment should be directed right at this moment.
4: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, right, speaking of Emma Hayes and her VAR points, uh, didn't need VAR at the weekend. Chelsea 4, Everton 0 uh, was how it finished at Kings Meadow. Producer Flo was at this one as well. Uh, Flo, it was a great game for, for Chelsea to bounce back from.
0: Yeah, they were um, unstoppable. I mean, they had 27 shots yesterday. I know Emma Hayes was not impressed in terms of the scoreline because she wanted a lot more than four. They dominated from the first minute onwards, to be honest. Um, Everton didn't have much of the ball. I think I think Chelsea had 60% possession throughout the most of the game. Um, and Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby were, were absolutely flying. That front three of Harder, Kirby and Kerr were, were so good. Um, Harder was really unlucky not to get a goal. So yeah, I think Chelsea potentially back to their best. I think the back three is still an interesting option um, and they you know, they haven't yet been been able to really show maybe what that back three can do together as a unit, but it's certainly a confident boost and Emma Hayes will just keep pushing them.
4: One of those things, isn't it, that we go into an international break now just as teams are starting to kind of click, um, having had a little bit of pre-season, getting players back from the Olympics and, and, and other places and, and now they've got to go back on international duty again and certainly that result Feels like there's a little bit more pressure for Everton manager Willie Kirk, uh, Anita, after a summer of big spending. Let's hear what he had to say because uh, he said he believes within enough time his team can challenge the top three. But if he doesn't improve on last year's finish, he thinks
5: he's failed.
1: Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, I've been here almost three years now, and every year we've improved. So, you know, if we don't improve this year, I've, I've failed. Objective for us is to improve on last year, you know, and and the players weren't happy. We talking about fourth. The players wanted to talk about top three. And so did that. So that's why we've been talking about it. And rightly so with this group. They're an ambitious group. And, you know, I think Emma improved year on year in those first few years and, and, and won her trophy. So we've got to continue to invest. Continue to invest in that playing squad and continue to invest, as I said, in the infrastructure and the working practices that we're, we're going through every day. Uh, and once we continue to do that, and if I'm still here because I've improved things every year, there's no reason why we can't be competing as a title-winning title team in the next two or three years.
4: Everton manager Willie Kirk there. Anita, I, I kind of thought Everton might be pushing this season and knocking on the door.
6: Yeah, I, I'm sure that was the expectation, you know, that they would push on. But you've got to remember, it's still a very young team um, that they're putting together. Um, and in the context of the season so far, both opening matches have been against the top two, top two, three teams in terms of Man City and then meeting Chelsea. So, you know, it's very tough to meet teams like that so early on in the season. Um, The thing I felt they were lacking, you know, watching that game was a bit of maybe more experience in the side and leadership um, to manage some of those situations better, especially when they went one nil down and then two nil down from a mistake. You know, it sort of led led to the floodgates opening up, and arguably Chelsea could have scored more goals. But the point is, you know, they still have time to try and regroup, um, maybe use this international break as a reset button to sort of, um, you know, sort of, I guess, analyze where they can improve um, and, and try and bounce back from these results. But it's really tough. You know, I think that the difficult thing for them was the margins in which they're losing the games by. Mm. Um, perhaps they, you know, perhaps they would still lose to the likes of Man City and, and, and Chelsea at this point. But you know that's got to be a concern. How many goals they're actually leaking in?
4: Yeah, definitely, and certainly the hierarchy at Everton unhappy about it because uh, Everton's women's sporting and commercial director at Sava Ishmalov, who's also a member of the Everton women's strategic leadership team, wrote on social media afterwards, "Unacceptable." Uh, that tweet has since been deleted, though. But clearly, his uh, his thoughts have been known. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a very emotional response. Mm. Um, perhaps not, in my opinion, the most professional thing to do. Um, you want to support your, your your players and your team. Uh, you know, no player wants to go out there and and not perform and, you know, obviously not get the result that they want. Um, but that happens in football. It's about how they regroup, how they can come back from this and, and try to improve their game plan. Um, I think what, what I felt watching the game is at times... They had the right numbers in the right area, but they were just passive Mm. in their press. Um, You you know, the arguments for the lineup maybe not being um, the right lineup um, in terms of maybe having some uh, attacking threats in the terms of Tony Duggan and perhaps Dali through the midfield to just utilize experience, the WSL experience that players like that have. Uh, to manage the game better for their team
4: yeah I mean to be to be fair to them they were also f- facing a Chelsea side who'd lost their opening game and were gonna come out all guns blazing as well which <laughs> exactly. is never gonna never no, gonna exactly. help things is it um <laughs> yes. listen your team this weekend though another defiant fight back uh, West Ham won Aston Villa uh won four points from from losing positions uh talk us through the game from your point of view
6: yeah, I think in all honesty, we would we would accept that the first two games we have had slow starts and we haven't started with the intensity that we had, you know, strategized for. Um, but what what we can take heart from is, despite going a goal down in both games, that we had the character and the resilience to stay in the game and, and fight back and get get a result from it. You know, um, I think the West Ham game, especially the second half we really grew into the game um, and we were probably had more of the ball and had some really good chances uh, to, to score and, 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 win it. But ultimately, you know, it's, we have to limit the mistakes as well. And I had an error in the box myself, um, which I can tell you, I've been in that position probably a hundred times and been able to clear the ball. And in that instance, it, it didn't happen for me. But, um, but it is a good lesson to, my, to the team, to myself and to our young players watching as well. It's about how you recover and how you stick together as a team. And, and I think we definitely have that this year. And knowing that we aren't starting um, as well as we hope to, but we still have that in our toolbox, is a really strong position for us to be in.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And Remy Allen as well. You know, you talk about that kind of resilience. You also have to put your hands up, you know, when you make a mistake, but you've also got to put your hands up for a bit of praise when uh, someone like Remy, Remy Allen comes and uh, and rescues things for you.
6: Yeah, I mean, Remy is a fantastic player for us. You know, she's got great leadership. She has a wealth of experience in the WSL. Um, and she is, a, you know, she's dogged. She fights for the team. She makes incredible runs forward to, uh, to create for our team as well. And she's propped up in really important moments for us to, to capitalise and get, you know, get points on the board. And likewise for, for Hannah Hampton, you know, she's made some incredible saves in both matches that's kept us in it um, and allowed us to, to to stay within the game and, and fight back
4: yeah fantastic signing um, West Ham though still searching for that league home win after going winless in Dagenham last season we're hoping that we'll get to speak to their boss Ollie Harder at some point this season as well and find out what West Ham's ambitions for the season are uh, right this is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2 I'm Faker others, alongside Anita Asante of Aston Villa and next up we're going to be rounding up the rest That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
3: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
3: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
1: Women's
2: Football Weekly with Faker Others. She's around the goalkeeper and has rolled it in. On Talksport 2. You're listening
4: to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sports 2 with me, Faker Rothers and former England defender Anita Asante. So, the rest of the FA WSL Uh, over the weekend. Brighton are absolutely ripping up trees at the moment, aren't they? 5-0 winners over Birmingham. Danielle Carter getting her first goal for Brighton in that thrashing. They dominated just from start to finish. 67% possession. Goals coming from across the pitch as well. They are top of the table after winning their opening games and scored seven without conceding. Incredible stuff from Hope Powell's side, Um, Anita. What should they be aiming for this season? Because Hope has regularly said she wants to start trying to break in uh, t- to the top three uh, slash four. You could you could put United in there as well, obviously as uh, as well. They're putting so much money into the the training facilities and everything. It's such a well run club at, at Brighton. Where can they? What can they do? Where can they finish?
6: Well, it seems that they've just picked up where they left off last season. Obviously, they finished very strong. They got a really positive result against Chelsea. Um, and, and now, you know, we're seeing them flying in terms of the goals of scoring and, and securing clean sheets, which which is important, especially at the beginning of the season. I'm sure they'll be aiming to try and push uh, within that top four, five bracket, you know, and see what happens from there. But ultimately, I think they'll be high on confidence and it's going to be a case of if they really believe um, when it comes to playing those top three, four sides.
4: But that's what Hope Powell can bring to them, can't she? That that belief?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Because of her, you know, long you know experience in the game, both at domestic club football and obviously on the international level, she should be able to instill that within the players. She's obviously made them very organised. Um, they're a very robust team. They're a difficult team to meet, actually, because they have a bit of everything in terms of physicality. They're aggressive. They're quite dangerous from, you know, set Peace situations as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that she'll be encouraging them to really believe in themselves and 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 keep on with solid performances.
4: Mm, yeah, it would be very, when you think of Everton's start to the to the season, Manchester United obviously in a bit of transition at the moment with Mark Skinner taking over as well. it would be certainly interesting to see whether Bryson could be pushing them uh, out of that fourth spot in the WSL and knocking on that top three door. Um, Arsenal having a fantastic start to the season as, as well. Reading nil, Arsenal four, six points from six uh, under new manager Jonas Ideval, and they were just ruthless, weren't they? But you you can't take any of their headlines away from Viviane Miedemar taking her Arsenal total to 102 goals in 111 games. As a defender, Anita, is she terrifying
6: to play against? Of course, you know, you know just how clinical and ruthless she is um, in front of goal. And the thing with Miedemar is that she has... She has a bit of everything, you know, she's got that finesse as well. Um, She likes to chop players and she's sending you one direction. And then the next minute you're on the floor and she's getting a shot off. So she's a very difficult player to mark because her football intelligence is so good. Her movement and her link up play, you know, she not only finishes goals, but she puts other players into good positions as well.
4: Yeah, she's superb. And we heard from Arsenal legend Kelly Smith earlier on on refereeing and VAR. But let's carry on the chat she had with Talk Sports Bradley Hayden because she was talking about Miedemar's century and whether or not she should be considered one of the all time greats.
0: Yeah, definitely. Her goal scoring statistics are off the radar. You know, 49 with her right foot, 41 with her left foot, 10 headers, but no penalties. That surprised me because normally your strikers. Um, take stand up and take the penalties, but to score over hundred goals like, it just speaks volumes. And she's got such good players around her that feed her and give her good balls in the right areas. Um, she would be a dream to play with. Um, you know, she's so calm and composed on the ball. She's not your typical number nine. You know, she can drop into the space um, and create and, and draw players into her. Then the space is ready for her to run in behind a movement is so so intelligent and definitely for me she's up there as one of the best in the world if not the best at, at this current time yeah she's absolutely superb where does she rate for you Anita
6: yeah I can agree with you know Kelly Moore I think she's definitely a, a world-class player and she's proven that in her statistics um and her goal scoring records and she's still a young player but she's achieving so much already um and she's frightening because like Kelly says you know she is a number nine, but she has the ability to play in this false nine position and take defenders um, into areas that they really don't want to go. And that's the sign of a a top class player because they understand, you know, how to draw space and create space for not only themselves, but for others.
4: Yeah, and actually Kelly touched on on the fact that she gets fantastic service from her teammates as well and that, that certainly helps, doesn't it? Um, right, Leicester City 1, Manchester United 3 wraps things up from the weekend. 4,473 fans at the King Power Stadium for their first game uh, there with the supporters. What did you make of this one, Anita?
6: Yeah, you know, we played Leicester in the opening game and I, I thought they were... A tough, a tough team to meet, especially their front two, a bit of a handful. Um, so, you know, I expected it would be a, a good contest. Um, I still expected that Man United would come out on top, and they did. Obviously, uh, Elatoon had a fantastic strike um, that led to one of their goals. But um, ultimately, I still feel like Leicester will, will show a lot uh, of what they're about this season, despite that result, uh, and, and, and probably continue to, to improve. But Man United, you know, they, with all the transition, which often happens when you get a new coach, you know, you've got players that are going to compete for for places in the starting lineup and also want to impress the new manager so you know they started off with a really solid performance
4: yeah and two of their new signings on the score sheet as well Maria Torres-Dotir of course uh, really simple finish for her that Ella Toon one was was fantastic from 25 yards out but uh, Martha Thomas as well on on the score sheet uh, restoring the, the two goal lead they had so two wins from two for Mark Skinner's side what's he going to be able to achieve with Manchester United bearing in mind what Casey Stoney had been saying about the club's lack of investment and support when she left.
6: Yeah, I guess you want to hope that all the things that were mentioned uh, beforehand with Casey in terms of resources uh, available to play not available to players and the, the lack of support, you want to hope that Mark's been able to establish that for this season um, to help them you know reach those small margins that you know define your season but also allow you to compete with the top top two three sides. Um, but you know they're off to a good start they'll be high on confidence and if they get all the right bits and pieces in place including that support then you know I'm sure they'll they'll believe in their project
4: Yeah it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do uh, Right you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 those were the thoughts of Aston Villa defender Anita Asante I'm Faye Carruthers and next we're going to be rounding up the championship as well as hearing from the new England head coach Serena Viegman ahead of her first camp this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others, alongside Aston Villa's Anita Asante. If you do miss any of the show, don't forget you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app and subscribing to our podcast. You just need to search for Women's Football Weekly. It is as easy as that. Uh, right, championship results. Uh, Durham 2. Charlton, nearly finished. Blackburn, 3-1 winners over Watford. Coventry United uh, were defeated 3-0 by Sheffield United. Uh, Liverpool and Bristol City played out a goalless draw. Crystal Palace was one all against Sunderland and Lewis, uh, 1-0 winners over London City. It's going to be quite competitive, isn't it, the championship this season, Anita?
6: Yeah, absolutely. It seems like there's so many more competitive sides, especially with sides like Charlton, Uh, London City Lionesses and you know going uh, professional so you've got more professional players who are training every day Um, players who have played also in the WSL playing in the championship that are you know going to raise the standards as well I think for training and and make it even more competitive and and players that are playing at those clubs who you know are going to keep fighting to to try and get promotion for their side so I think it's a exciting to see um, so many more competitive games and and close fought results.
4: Yeah, it really is, especially if, you know, potentially they, they would expand the FAWSL at some point. You know, you need these teams to be professional and knocking on the door and putting in good performances uh, to make it, a competitive uh, WSL1, if you like. I know it's not called that anymore, but you know what I mean. Uh, right, let's talk England, shall we? Um, it was delight uh, for me to finally meet Serena Viegman, the new England head coach, last week at Wembley. She was officially unveiled uh, walking out of the Wembley Tunnel, um, p- holding up a shirt. Uh, it was, yeah, she looked pretty, pretty comfortable in her surroundings actually and a pretty determined woman as well to try and be successful um, with England. It's been a year since she was actually named England head coach but we finally got to got to see her after her exploits with the Netherlands out in, uh, in Tokyo with the Olympics. She named her first squad. There are games against North Macedonia on Friday in Southampton which producer Flo is going to bring you updates of on the Talk Sport Network. Then Luxembourg away on Tuesday night. These are World Cup qualifiers as well, so important matches uh, going into Australia and New Zealand um, in, oh gosh, how many years time two years two years time something like that 2023 um so there's some new and returning faces in the squad but I've got a bit of breaking news for you from the FA because Manchester City defender Esme Morgan has been forced to withdraw from the England squad she had a shin injury that she picked up in that defeat to Tottenham Hotspur yesterday but uh, Serena Vigman not going to be calling up a replacement a real shame for her as well actually Anita because with Lucy Bronze out she may have had an opportunity to start her first competitive game for England
6: yeah absolutely um you know obviously we wish her all the best with her recovery but really disappointing that she won't be available for this squad she's a very young exciting defender and you know would have been a great opportunity obviously with Lucy Bronze out to to try and um, show the the new coach what she's all about and, and stake a claim in the future and in, in the squad's But, um, you know, she's such a talent. I'm sure she'll bounce back and and there'll be many more opportunities in the future.
4: It's going to be a potential full debut for Katie Zellum of Manchester United, the captain there, uh, of course, as well. She's exciting herself, isn't she? And and waited a long time for her opportunity.
6: Yeah, you know, you mentioned Katie Zellum going into the squad alongside, uh, you know, her teammate Staniforth, as well. So this is a great opportunity. Obviously, there are a lot of... injuries to um, players that have currently been previously been in the squad, but um, they've been consistent performers for their club um, throughout last season and this, this season. And they deserve the opportunity to be seen by the new coach and, and show what they're about and, and compete for a spot.
4: Yeah, it's it's really important that as well. And, you know, the, the players that are coming back into the squad, Jess Carter, not been involved for for a long time, but been impressive and actually been a been, been playing, of course. And Lucy Staniforth herself for, for Manchester United, you know, gutted for her. She didn't get to uh, get to go and, and, and put her potential. She's been out of the squad for a long time now. Important that those kind of experienced players are still on the periphery.
6: 100% because, you know, everybody's journey um, is different. Uh, they would have probably been disappointed not to be included in, in previous squads, but it's about how they've taken on that experience um, and transferred it to their club environment to improve and strive to be, you know, better players every single day uh, and do that on a consistent basis. And they've been demonstrating that for their clubs. So they are, you know, having the opportunity now and hopefully they'll they'll grab it with both hands.
4: Yeah, there are opportunities, particularly when, you know, big-name players that are expected to always be in the squad are out. You know, the likes of Lucy Bronze, Kira Walsh and Ellie Roebuck, all unavailable because of injury. Uh, Esme Morgan as well now too. Um, but just to run through the squad in case some of you haven't heard it or seen it around just yet, going into Friday's match against North Macedonia. Uh, Mary Earps returns as well. She's been out in the wilderness for, for a fair while, Anita, too. Um, she's alongside Sandy McKeever and Carly Telford, of course, the experienced Carly Telford. Uh, Defenders Millie Bright, Neve Charles, uh, Rachel Daly as well, Jess Carter, Alex Greenwood, Steph Horton. Um, Demi Stokes and Lota Moy of Arsenal of course. Uh, Midfielders Jill Scott, Lucy Staniforth, Georgia Stanway, Leah Williamson and Katie Zellum and then forwards Bethany England, Lauren Hemp, Frank Kirby, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris, Ebony Salmon, Ella Toon and Ellen White as well. It's quite an exciting side and it's one that um, she's not actually really properly chosen herself, if you like. Serena Viegman, when I sat down and talked to her, she said she's not had the opportunity, obviously, to meet the players today. They were all meeting, to meet the players yet, they were all meeting today. Um, and, you know, she wants to try and get to know them individually. She's just had to rely on Hege Risa and, and her team um, to to tell her the personalities of the players and what she can perhaps... Um, expect for them so it's going to be interesting for her to see them uh, in the few days run up that they've got before they go to St Mary's
6: Yeah absolutely but it shows that she also trusts um, the staff that she's had around her to, to make those decisions and choices um, it's exciting in the terms of there's a good blend of uh, veteran players experience and, and youth players um, young players coming into the squad who haven't had as many uh, call ups in, in the past um, and, and it's exciting time for her to really see that blend of players. But I know it's really important to her to really connect with players on a human level and not just from a, just purely on football, which she's talked a lot about. She mm. wants to get to know them uh, quickly and, and and sort of, you know, build the culture and environment with the, within the squad. Um, but it's exciting, I think, seeing the likes of Ebony Salmon come back into the, the fold and, you know, Beth Mead, who has obviously started in great form, I think she had something like four goals and six assists in six games, shows that she's also looking at players that are in, in, in brilliant form and, and will bring them in um, if she deems them worthy to, to have that, that opportunity again.
4: Absolutely. Why don't we hear from the woman herself, shall we? Because I spoke to her at the unveiling at Wembley and she said she really wants to take the Lionesses to the next level.
5: First of all, of course, the qualification World Cup and doing doing really well at the Euros. It's a real chance here in England to show. And um, yeah, I think the team's really good team. Great Britain was a little different, of course, because it's Great Britain. Uh, but there's so so much yeah potential. Uh, the game here has developed so much. Uh, also, like everything besides that, so the competition, the visibility, the coverage on TV, uh, all those things. Yeah, it's it's just. Yeah, very amazing that I can be part of it. And I hope with the team we can connect real well. Uh, we can bring the game to the next level. I think English is very good already. But hopefully I can add something and we can bring the game to the next stage and yeah, win important games.
4: Just finally, Anita, what can she bring? I mean, she has experience as a player, obviously, and as a, as a coach having won the Euros. But it's a crucial time for, for England going into two massive major tournaments.
6: Yeah, I think uh, from my perspective, obviously, she's going to have that winning mentality and knowledge of how to build um, a squad that will potentially deliver. Um, but most importantly, she's looking at, you know, she's got, a, I think, a four-year contract. So it's about the Euros next year. It's about the World Cup in 2023. There's a long-term ambition and, and the players that she's calling into the squad Um kind of reflects that, kind of reflects that she's not just looking for the here and now, but she's looking beyond uh, until the future.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to seeing what England can do. And we will hear more from the new Lionesses head coach next week. Producer Flo is going to be covering England's World Cup qualifier against North Macedonia on Friday. So we'll look back on that one and we'll also look ahead to Tuesday's match away in Luxembourg as well. We have run out of time here on Women's Football Weekly, though. Again, we've packed so much into the show as always. Anita, always
6: a delight to have you on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me on, guys. What, what are your plans in the international break? Um, I'll be training still and, and finding those moments to, to put my feet up as well. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, you've got to have a little bit of
4: balance there. The feet I'll up, definitely.
6: <laughs> Exactly.
4: Brilliant stuff. Speak to you soon. Uh, Thank you very much to Anita Asante, Vicky Jepson, Kelly Smith, producer Flo, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, download the Women's Football Weekly podcast. I tell you every week, you can do it by the TalkSport app. And just a reminder, we will be live on TalkSport 2 in our usual Monday night slot, but this season at the slightly later time of 7 until 8.